you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. I am your host, Jeff Ellis of Lockdown Indians, and I want to thank everyone for making Lockdown Indians your first listen every day. And remember, Lockdown Indians is free and available on all platforms. Today's show is going to be a fun one, I think. So the Indians, there's actually a ton of news uh, to talk about. Could talk about Terry Pluto. Terry Pluto. Well, he did generate his own waves of some of his uh, recent article work. I've seen him keep popping up online, but that's uh, that's a different story. We're going, we could talk with Terry Francona uh, saying he's going to be back in 2022. Listen, I'll be honest. I've been ambivalent. I've thought that he is not, you know, when he came, he changed the game for the Indians and his postseason, uh, what he did in postseason was amazing. But in that, he's been more of a mundane manager. Uh, he's not really advancing as the game is advancing, A. And then B, you know, there's a situation with Mickey Calloway, which he helped enable, which is not a good look. And then there's C, which is, I mean, the last two years. He has been unable to uh, hold up to the rigors of the position. So, uh, yeah, I mean, next year has to be his final year. There's just no way around it. Uh, he cannot—I I will be surprised if he finishes the year with the Indians. Let's put it that way. I could see it coming apart again. I, he's just not there physically. He's not healthy enough to be a major league manager is what we've seen over the past few years. So there's that. Uh, they announced the AFL roster. So at some point, we'll talk about the AFL you know, the Arizona Fall League roster, because that shows you who they want to see. It shows you who they value and who they think is interesting. The AFL matters. It really does. I'm telling you that now because it gives you an insight into the team itself. Uh, and then there was a lot of releases. That should be no surprise they, with the limit on how many players are going to be allowed on rosters. And most of them being pitchers should not be a surprise because they drafted at 21 draft picks. They drafted 19 pitchers. So that was expected. Uh, you know, Kellen Roll was probably the second base name on the list to me. I talked about him on the show. He's an interesting lefty. His control completely abandoned him this year. Maybe another team feels like they could fix him. Uh, the Reds, you know, are a team that's very good. The Brewers, uh, they, those might be teams that would look at him because I do think there's a potential major league pitcher there with Kellen Roll. I do. You know, call me crazy. He was a day three pick. It's not like he was a high draft pick. But there's enough there. It's a funky delivery. He does some things right. But the big name in all of it is Brady Aiken. And, you know, Marvel's What If is very popular right now. So let's do our own version of What If. And we're going to do, and this What If, by the way, is a huge one. You're going to want to listen to this show because it's it's a monumental shift. What if the Astros had signed Brady Aiken? Uh, so let's just start at the beginning. The Brady Aiken situation at the time, I was very rough on the Astros. I thought they were morons. I thought they were idiots. Uh, I thought Aiken was Kershaw-like. I'm like, you know, players recover from injuries like this all the time. And in addition, because they didn't have, when they punted the pick, you know, they had the first overall pick, they didn't sign him. Uh, they didn't even, you know, they were going to sign him under slot. So then they lost that money they were going to use on the under slot signing. So it cost them Jacob Nix, who was a high pick as well, who they were going to give a significant amount of money to. Uh, so that not only was it like, you know, frankly, like hosing Aiken, but they majorly hosed Nix as well. Uh, he ended up being a fifth-round pick to the Padres. You can go look up the Jacob Nick story. Uh, it is a lesson in paying attention to your rideshare and not drinking too much. Long story short, he uh, thought he was at his house, tried to enter his house. Turned out he was breaking into the house of a uh, off-duty police officer who uh, kicked him in the face, stomped his wrist enough times to break his wrist, and then uh, said to get his gun, but the wife couldn't get the gun out of the holster, so instead he got tased. 
uh, he was nearly killed uh, and has now, because of that and, you know, pandemic and everything else, he hasn't pitched since 2019. That's the Jacob Nick story. You can go read it in depth. It's worth it. It is a crazy, crazy story. But let's go back and talk about it. So they, and it, you know, I learned from this. This is also why, you know, if you listen to this podcast and I've talked about it a lot, I am okay with the Mets looking at the medicals for Kumar Rocker and being like, it's not worth a gamble. It's, you know, it stinks that they couldn't repurpose some of that money because they intentionally signed lesser deals with all their other prospects uh, further down the draft to save money. So they were sitting on a big chunk that they just lost. Uh, that stinks. But by not signing him, uh, it just, you know, I, if it is that bad, I don't blame them. I don't blame them for deciding that it's more a better value to get a high pick the next year rather than punt because let's let's just go into this. Let's talk about the 2014 MLB draft. I thought Aiken was the best player. I had issues with Tyler Kolick. Uh, Carlos Rondon was my number two behind Aiken. You know, that won't happen ever again. There's never going to be a high school arm who's my number one. I've learned over time. Schwarber was a guy I really liked. I didn't think he was going to go that high. Gordon was in my top five. Was not as high on Alex Jackson. Aaron Nola was like, he just wasn't exciting to me. And I was a moron because of that. Really liked Trey Turner. Really liked Max Pentecost. Uh, liked the Freeland pick, was not high on Hoffman. I've talked about that many times. I thought Conforto and, um, I'm blanking on his name, uh, the Indians high pick who was not very good. Uh, Mike Pappy were very similar. <laughs> Again, can't get them all right. Like Trey Turner, I thought Tyler Beatty was a bad pick. Uh, was never a Sean Newcomb guy. Like Tuki Desant was all over Brandon Finnegan. Uh, that hasn't exactly worked out. I thought Nick Howard was strange. Uh, Casey Gillespie was the guy that everyone liked that I was I just didn't put it together with. Loved Grant Holmes. Uh, I keep going through. Loved Luke Weaver and Michael Chavis. If you did not was not on Chapman. Now in my in my defense, I really like JD Davis, and I rated JD Davis higher than Matt Chapman. You can go ahead and laugh at me for that. I'm going to laugh at myself. But you know there were some players throughout that I liked. Some of these I was right on. Some I was wrong. But if they sign Aiken here, you know, they, they get him that year ahead of time. They have his value. They get Jacob Nix as well. Uh, it doesn't affect the 2014 draft that much. But let's let's now jump to 2015. So in the 2015 draft, because they do not sign Aiken, the uh, Milwaukee, no, not the Houston Astros get the second overall pick. Uh, they sign Alex Bregman for $5.9 million. Slot value is $7.4 million, So they save $1.5 million. This is very, very important, and we'll get into that in a second. But let's assume they don't have this pick anymore. Danzy Swanson won. Uh, I had Swanson third on my board. So, you know, I know a lot of people had him one. He was third. I had Brendan Rodgers one, so it's not like I was perfect. Like, let's not give myself too much credit, uh, though he did play well this year. So let's say the Rockies agreed with me, and they still take Rodgers with the second pick. Uh, they took him with the third pick, but again, remember, we're getting rid of that second pick in this draft. Do the Rangers take Dylan Tate? We know they really liked him, but can they pass on Bregman? Now, also, I mean, Bregman costs 5.9. Are they willing to go up and get him at 5.9 when slot is 5? Or has Bregman come down a little bit? Well, no, slot would be 6.2 because they'd have the third. See, I'm already messing up. Uh, they paid 4.2 for Dylan Tate. They saved themselves 800 k If they were picking third, they'd have $6.2 million. They could, they'd only save 300 k if they signed him. I think they get Bregman there. Uh, I think that sets up the Astros with the fourth overall pick to get Kyle Tucker for four million, that would save them about a million dollars. Uh, they saved close to two hundred thousand. So at this point, you know, it's important to point out that 
by getting Bregman and uh, Kyle Tucker where they did, they saved, you know, uh, essentially like 1.8 million or a little. Is that no? That's 1.7 million. A little more than 1.7 million. Uh, so you know, just to kind of Dylan's advocate, the Twins I think probably then take Dylan Tate. Red Sox probably still take Benintendi. The White Sox probably still take Carson Fulmer. Cubs probably still take Ian Happ. Uh, the Phillies probably still take Cornelius Randolph. Question is at 11, do the Reds jump on Tyler J? Do they take Tyler Stevenson? I think at that time they might have taken Jay. I think his tumble would have been too much. Uh, I think the Marlins then jump on Stevenson over Naylor. Though... I mean, Naylor was a massive underslot. Like, he was $2.25 million. That was the lowest by far in this range. Uh, I mean, to give you an idea, the next player who even approaches that is when Kevin Newman gets 2.175 at the 18th overall pick. But so let's assume they still go with Naylor. Uh, the Rays then get a chance to get Stevenson. Garrett Whitley falls down. Uh, Braves probably still take Allard. Brewers... I like Trenton Clark a lot. Yankees probably still jump on Caprillion. Question is, do the Indians jump on Garrett Whitley at 17? They love those athletic outfielder types. They might have. Uh, but, and this is the big but, my final mock draft, and the guy I mocked to them repeatedly throughout the process was a player who ended up going, well, there are two guys I thought really fit their style. The 23rd overall pick, Nick Plummer, has not worked out. Okay, let's be honest with that. I really liked him. It was not my shining moment, but I thought Walker Bueller from Vandy. Now, at the time, the Indians loved Vandy prospects. Uh, they were one of the few teams that were not uh, afraid of size. Walker Bueller in his junior year had been hurt. He had been dinged up. But I thought they were a team who he really checked so many boxes in terms of like his performance, his athleticism. He's listed at 6'2", 185, but he's even probably smaller than that. Uh, in Vanderbilt that final year, his strikeout per nine was a nine. His walk per nine was a little over three. He wasn't explosive he never had like a huge strikeout per nine that also kind of you know was a bit of a ding but i thought he was the perfect guy uh fit a lot of what they were going for and looking at at the time of course with brady aiken there they went for the upside of aiken instead of the upside of uh, walker bueller and you know we'll kind of leave it here we're going to come back second segment talk about what happens with the astros we already have them losing bregman uh, they're going to lose another player because of this happening as well. And the Indians are getting Walker Bueller, and we're going to discuss uh, his year-by-year contributions and how that would have changed things for both of these squads. But first, a quick sponsor break. Go check out our friends over at rockauto.com. I'm going to put an order in this weekend myself. My windshield wipers are awful. It's easy to go. I am car dumb. I am. But things like windshield wipers, things like filters, those are the things that people like me who are car dumb can go and get a great deal over at rockauto.com. Like I said, I'm putting an order this weekend. I legitimately am. My windshield wipers are toast. I need new ones. I navigated their site. They have like eight different options. That's the thing. You go there and they give you options. You're going to have an opportunity to get a good part for your car uh, at a great price and you get to make the choice. Someone's not picking for you. So go to Rock Auto, and if you're someone who knows cars, even all the better. You're going to be able to do so much for your vehicle. When you go to rockauto.com in the How'd You Hear About Us box, you want to type Locked On, Locked On Indians, Locked On MLB, some form of Locked On to let them know we sent you. And again, do it for yourself. It is fantastic prices. You're going to get all the parts you could ever need. So many options, so many things. It gives you uh, the power. It's going to give you that ability to do it yourself. Go check out rockauto.com. 
Again, I want to thank you for listening to Locked On Indians, soon to be Locked On Guardians, and making it your first listen every day. We're going to go more into this crazy what-if scenario, uh, the ramifications, what else happens, why it is. We already discussed why it is Alex Bregman would not be a Houston Astro, why it is Justin Verlander would not be a Houston Astro uh, in this situation, and why it is that uh, what Walker Buehler could have done if the Indians, without Brady Aiken, had taken the player that I predicted to them in my final mock. Now, if you're out there wondering, like, well, how good are you anyways at predicting the Indians? Yeah, one of my first mocks for 2011 draft, I had Francisco Lindor. I had him there repeatedly. I let myself get talked out of it. I had Clint Frazier the whole way through for them. Uh, 2014, I just didn't expect Bradley Zimmer to be there. I'll be perfectly honest. And uh, with the 2016 mock, I didn't get the Pappy pick. I got it right. I think I had him going with the higher selection, which is where... um, because that was the year they took, what, McKenzie? Sometimes I get all these picks confused in my head. But I, I'm pretty good. You know, I, I mentioned before, I got Richie Palacios right in the third round. Uh, I remember one time tweeting at, like, the Tribe Insider. I mean, like, thanks the Indians for making me look smart. I predicted Asa Lacey would be their type of arm, and then they drafted him just to talk to him as a high school kid, to which, you know, the official account of the Cleveland Indians transaction goes, no, you are smart, and you know what you're doing. So I do have some kind of insight. Uh not inside like information they are very tight-lipped but there's some insight into what they do and uh yeah i mean you can you've heard me enough i think i've proven myself over the years so let's just talk about why is justin verlander not going to be a houston astro well there were a lot of teams who wanted verlander and remember that trade was uh franklin perez who ended up getting hurt and the number two piece is daz cameron the problem is uh without that second overall pick uh, there's no chance in hell that the Astros can sign Daz Cameron. They just can't. Uh, he goes to them with the 37th overall pick. They give him $4 million. That is $2.3 million over slot. Uh, 1.8 of that came from their top two picks. That $4 million bonus was as much as they gave Kyle Tucker, who was the fifth overall pick. I mean, he got a bonus that was in line. I think he got the he got the tied for the fifth highest bonus in the entire draft class that just can't happen if they don't have that high pick if they don't save 1.8 with those high picks which they wouldn't do so all of a sudden they don't have Daz Cameron without Daz Cameron making that trade for Verlander is a lot more difficult Cameron uh, has not worked out let's be honest it has not come together for him Uh, he was supposed to be the dude in that class if you go back and he was supposed to be the top overall pick he was going to be the guy. He was this big, you know, Mike Cameron's son. Uh, he's going to be a better version of his dad. Uh, he's played in the majors in 2020 and 2021. Hasn't come together. He slipped on draft day. I mean, probably my way too early mock uh, would have had him as the top prospect in baseball. Pre-2016, he was a top 100 prospect across the board. By the way, 2017 is the year they he was traded out. And he was still an inter- he. So that 2016 year, he struggled, and he struggled in 2015. But the 2017 year is the year that with Houston, uh, in A-ball, he hit 271, 349, 466 for an 815 OPS. Uh, he made himself interesting, and he was the secondary piece in that trade. Uh, they don't have Des Cameron. They don't have that interesting, and they're not probably willing to even consider trading Kyle Tucker. Uh, so the question, though, becomes essentially for them – uh, they were similarly rated prospects. Tucker was probably was higher. Tucker was higher. Let's be honest. But it comes down to either the tiger, either not the Tigers, either the Astros 
don't have Verlander or they don't have Kyle Tucker. One of those two guys doesn't occur because it's Franklin Prez, Jake Rogers, and Daz Cameron uh, for Justin Verlander and Cash. So, yeah, if they don't, if they sign Brady Aiken, they don't get the second overall pick. They don't draft Alex Bregman. He doesn't get to them at five or at four, I should say. Uh, they don't have then Das Cameron because they aren't able to sign him at his bonus demands. I mean, maybe they instead get like Eric Jenkins, who signed for a similar amount uh, at the top of round two in that range. Like Austin Riley got a lot, but he wasn't actually, I don't even know if I had him ranked at the time. Uh, he was not as big of a prospect for me. I mean, he's worked out. I keep doubting Austin Riley at every turn. He keeps making me look dumb. But hey, you know, you can't get them all right. Uh, Tyler Nevin went with the next pick. Uh, son of Phil, he was pretty highly rated. Uh, he cost $2 million, so he was over slot. So maybe they end up with Tyler Nevin. Uh, Tyler Nevin really... Uh, this was his peak of value, honestly, for Tyler Nevin. Uh, Jake Woodford went to the Cardinals in that range. Uh, like I said, uh, outfielder, it's Eric Jenkins, who cost $2 million with the 45th pick. Then you have Donnie DeWeese, who went to the Cubs. Uh, with the 47th pick at 1.7. Scott Kingery was kind of in that range at 1.2. He was the second baseman at the time. Uh, Desmond Lindsley, 1.1 to the Mets. That was a surprise pick, I remember. Uh, and then you got, like, Andrew Stevenson to the Nationals at well under slot. It was it starts to come apart a little here. M- you know, Mitch, Mitch Hansen, who was a big baseball recruit to Stanford, I want to say, at 67 for a million. Blake Perkins, the Nationals for 800,000. Jemai Jones for 1.1 million. Maybe they go for Jemai Jones, and he might have given them enough at the time. He was probably a similar prospect. So, unless they get Jemai Jones, there's a chance that they don't have either of those players. Uh, and so, it's either, like I said, no Verlander, no Bregman, or no Bregman, no Tucker. And how that changes things for that franchise uh, in general going forward. Now, let's talk about Walker Bueller. He makes his major league debut in 2017 for the Dodgers. Uh, he had struggled with his health at points. You know, you could go back through the years. Uh, 16 starts that last year at Vanderbilt, but he was just dinged. It felt like that entire year. 2016, he had uh, one start, appeared in three games. 2017, we have uh, 20 starts, and he starts to get close to 100 innings. Uh, and in that 2017 year, he goes high A, double A, triple A, the majors for all of eight games in the majors. So he's not going to help the Indians in 2017 necessarily. But 2018, that's the year he ends up starting 20 games in the big leagues, and that's kind of his jumping off point. Uh, 23 games started, 137 innings, a strikeout per nine of 9.2, a walk per nine of 2.42. His ERA that year was 262, and I mean, it was off to the race after that. 30 starts, 8 starts in the shortened season, 33 this past year. Uh, in the 2018 postseason, who'd they meet? Those Houston Astros of the sign-stealing variety. Now, would Walker Bueller had a chance to pitch for the Indians that year? Well, considering number five on the team in starts in 2018, I'm sorry, number six was Adam Plutko, and he had 12 starts. Uh, Kluber had 33, 32 by Clevenger, 30 by Carrasco, 27 by Bauer, 19 by Bieber, and then 12 by Plutko and nine by Tomlin. Yeah, he would have had an opportunity. At the time, he'd have been a bigger prospect than Shane Bieber. Uh, That was the year Bauer pitched really well and then got hurt, so they did not have him for the postseason. Uh, I want to say, and 
you know, that's the year they got swept. That's everything kind of fell apart in the postseason. But again, now let's reimagine that 2018 postseason where they lose to the Houston Astros in three games with that Astros team no longer having Justin Verlander and not having Alex Bregman to be the core of that lineup. How does things how do things change? Well, you get rid of Alex Bregman. Guess how many players on that 2018 uh, Houston Astros had an an OPS over league average uh, who were playing you know a majority of their time. Uh, you had George Springer, you had Jose Altuve, and you had Uriel Garcia, and you had Marwin Gonzalez. That was it. Uh, they had a lot of. I mean, Tony Kemp was a part-time player. He played well that year. Tyler White was fantastic. Man, I really liked Tyler White for a time, but that was only in 66 games. It was very limited. Uh, you could go down. Miles Straw had nine games and had the highest OPS plus on the team uh, in those nine games, but it's smallest of sample sizes. But you know, I just talk about it again. Uh, they no Verlander, no Bregman. Indians having Walker Bueller. Do they win? Can you change it that much? Does uh, the Houston Astros do the Houston Astros not advance that far in 2018? Are they even a postseason team if they don't have those players? One can make a case that they are not. Uh, you go and uh, if I were to look at the AL West in 2018, the Oakland Athletics won 97 games. I believe they were the number two wild card, right? Yeah, and they lost to the Yankees in the opening series. But what happens? You get rid of those players. Uh, just in terms of war, let's talk about it. If you pull out Bregman's war value that year and you pull out the war value of Justin Verlander from this team, uh, what's how many losses can we take away? Well, I'll let you know in a second, but first we're going to take a quick commercial break. And that sponsors our good friend over at betonline.ag. You know him, you love him by now. Anything you can imagine. I, I can open up that website and you are going to find, you know, Football, basketball, boxing, cricket, uh, political stuff in the past you could bet on. Uh, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for, for 2021. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bo- to bonus. Welcome to bonus. Welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code Locked On to receive your 50% bonus. Five zero. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. They're back better than ever. All eyes on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. BetOnline, where the game starts. And remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% bonus. So let's discuss. Does this Astros team that, you know, is cheating in 2018, we know, uh, do they even make this postseason? So let's go through and just do the simplest way, which is look at war. 2018 Alex Bregman is worth uh, a composite 7.9 war. Seven, He's worth eight wins in 2018. Now we go and we look at Justin Verlander in 2018. What an interesting career. I, it's one of those things you go and you look at Verlander, and it's like 2014 he looked shot, 0.9 war. 2015, uh, man, still can't stay healthy. It's He pitched a lot of innings. And then he rebounds in 2016. And then it looks like, oh, you know, 2017, he had a top five Cy Young finish with only 30. Well, that's because he split the year. Never mind. Uh, but 2018, he is worth 6.9 war. 
So you were talking about 6.9 war for him. Uh, so essentially 7 and then 8 war for Bregman. I mean, 7 wins and 8 wins is 15 wins. Like I, I can do basic math. Take away 15 wins from the Astros. They are not even in the postseason. That's that's just that's what war looks like, right? That it is the uh, when you do war, it's it's how many wins those players are worth. Those two players combined are worth two win or two wins are worth fifteen wins. Take away fifteen wins, that Astros team instead of being one hundred three and fifty nine, uh, they are take away three, and then I got to take away another twelve more. They're eighty eight and something, what eighty eight and seventy four. Uh, instead. They are third in that division behind Oakland and Seattle. Oakland uh, is who the Indians would then get in the first round, correct? I don't know. The Red Because the Red Sox would get the... um, They get the wild card, which is the Yanks. The Yanks would have faced the Rays, and then the Indians get the Oakland Athletics. If you don't remember that Oakland team, they won 97 games. Uh, They won more than the Indians did that year. Uh, this is, you know, going through their lineup. I mean, it's a very balanced team. You know, St- Stephen Piscotti, Chris Davis, Mark Kaneha, Chad Pinder, Matt Chapman, Jed Lowry, Matt Olson, Luke Roy at catcher was a weakness, and Marcus Simeon was a below league average player. Uh, that you know, Ramon uh, Liriano hadn't really taken off yet, and pitching wise. I feel like is that the year Manea got hurt? I mean, their pitching staff was not great. That was totally what held them back. Uh, Daniel Megden, Trevor Cahill, Edwin Jackson, Brett Anderson, Frankie Montas. Those are the guys making a lot of starts here. Uh, Chris Bassett, that is when he finally kind of got discovered as a starter. Mike Fires uh, was out there. Their pitching staff was a bit of a mess. Uh, the good pen, but this is a team the Indians could have beat. This is a much different situation. And then what happens all of a sudden... And if they are able to win this series, could they instead of then uh, beat the Red Sox? The, the Boston Red Sox, remember, they're the ones who win the pennant here and uh, end up winning the whole thing. It's a, it's a rough, I don't, do they get past Boston? Uh, you know, Boston, I keep looking, I'm like, really? This t- it's, Mookie Betts was amazing. J.D. Martinez was amazing. Xander Bogarts was very good. Andrew Benintendi was very good. After that, the rest of the lineup was below league average. Uh, Mitch Moreland was league average-ish. Uh, Brock Holt in a reserve role. Steve Pierce was kind of like their star. That was the the trade piece they got uh, at the deadline, and he did a lot of great things in the postseason. Pitching-wise, you had Porcello, Price, Sale, Eduardo Rodriguez, Nathan Avaldi, And remember, uh, uh, with Avaldi, this is what got him that big contract. Joe Kelly, it would have been a hard series. Let's just be honest. I don't know if the Indians would have gotten past that Boston team. They had a lot of guns, but they would have had an opportunity. I I think that would have occurred. So, yeah, so the what-if situation here, what if the Astros signed, and like I said, for the Indian side of things, I didn't even tackle that. Uh, Let's give me one second here to pause. So I don't think Bueller would have been a starter for them in the postseason, uh, you would have still had like the old reliables, but can you imagine if he was one of the first guys out of the pen? And you look at this bullpen in general. Remember, the bullpen was so bad they went out and made the Simber and Hand trade, and Simber was atrocious. I mean, he immediately came back to earth. Hand was solid, but this is when 
Uh, Andrew Miller is falling apart. It's when Cody Allen is falling apart. The bullpen is not strong. Dan Otero uh, appeared in the 61 games, and he was bad. Uh, Neil Ramirez, do you remember Neil Ramirez? I kind of forgot about him. Uh, 47 appearances was the third highest in that bullpen that year. Oliver Perez was the steadiest arm they had, and he was a loogie. Ty Olson was bad. Zach McAllister was bad. Uh, Nick Goody was bad. I mean, everyone was bad. The pen was just a hot, hot mess. And, you know, if they had Bueller, all of a sudden you got, like, Bueller coming out of the bullpen. You got Bieber coming out of the bullpen. Uh, it's an entirely different situation in that series. Uh, it's, you know, it's it's something to really strongly consider. It's if Brady Aiken signed with the Houston Astros, how far did the Indians get in the 2018 postseason? They definitely get farther than they would have. I don't think that is something you can debate because the Astros would have been so hobbled. They would have never advanced uh, as far as they did. Now one can make the case. You go back, you know, Corey Kluber didn't pitch well in game one. And then you have the game two of that series. It's like Corey Kluber was was already kind of feeling the effects. Uh, but if instead for game two, Garrett Cole throws that gem, but imagine, said again, they're probably not even in the postseason, but if you're looking at it this way, Garrett Cole is in the game one starter. Uh, Carlos Carrasco also pitches a gem. It probably would have still leaned on Andrew Miller. Uh, the Miller-Bauer-Hand situation, you maybe don't get around, but uh, they don't have that pitcher. Like I said, Garrett Cole is not there for the 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 third game in the series because he's pitching the first game and you know Clevenger pitches really well and then Bauer was not great in the pen Cody Allen Brad Hand everyone imploded in game three and that is that situation where all of a sudden having a Walker Bueller in the pen it could have been huge and like I said the Astros probably aren't there if they are there they're they're down significant parts it's just a fun thing to look at you know what ifs are fascinating and for Brady Aiken a player who the Indians cut you know a first round pick it didn't work out it was a huge risk uh they had not drafted a high school player and he was essentially a high school player uh he didn't pitch at all he was I can't remember even technically where he was if he was even considered with a program or if it was just IMG Academy in general but he was a you know a monstrous risk he was the last time they had drafted a prep player in the first round, and the reason I never mocked him to them uh, was, I believe, like, earlier this week, we talked about the Dan Denham, Alan Horn grouping, and I, J.D. Martin, and I believe, like, Dan Denham was the last time they had taken a high school player, high school pitcher, with their top overall pick. They had avoided it. Uh, and then Brady Aiken, we're, we're just going to kind of end it here. These are his final minor league numbers. They drafted him back in... Uh, 2015 did not pitch until or I'm sorry, yeah 2015 did not pitch until 2016 he only pitched three years in the minors 2016 2017 and 2019 that's it uh during that time he appeared in 43 games 40 as a starter era of 518 strikeouts per nine of 7.4 and a walk per nine of 6.4 home run per nine of 0.8 uh 18 wild pitches seven hit batters he just he wasn't even the player he was you know, when I did my first big board for that draft, I had him like the second or third best prep arm, and I had him like at 9, 10, or 11 because he was a silky smooth athlete with excellent control who uh, was going to be no worse than a mid-rotation starter. And then we got into the season, and all of a sudden he's going from like 91 to 98, and that's why I, and the, sli- you know, the slider turned into a Kershaw-level pitch, and he looked 
amazing. That's why he became my top player in that class. I said, as I mentioned at the top, now that would never happen. I would never put a prep arm at the top of my board. Uh, they're just too much of an innate risk. But at the time, I did. And you know, he was just a phenomenal, phenomenal prospect. I thought it was absolutely the right move by the Astros. The Indians took the risk, and uh, it just it did not work out for them. And in this what-if scenario, it's more of, I can't fault the Indians. They took a gamble. Uh, a lot of people would have considered Walker Bueller as big of, if not more of a risk than Brady Aiken at the time because of his size, and the uh, he didn't take that step forward his junior year due to mostly health, as people were expecting at Vanderbilt. The what makes this what if so much greater is just what it does to the Astros. And you know, the Astros guys on the network, they're perfectly nice. I've had them on the show, talked with them, but I, I mean, that organization to me is always going to be one that I'm rooting against. That's never going away. What about you guys? Are you ready to grow up and move on, or is it kind of fun to imagine a world where the Astros uh, signed Brady Aiken and it kind of self destructs things? And again, this is a guy who never even reached double A, his impact. I mean, he changes world champions. If he signs, I don't think the Astros, even with their cheating, win a world championship. Without Bregman, I don't think it happens. So here's a guy who never reached double A, and he fundamentally changed the championship course of teams. Just kind of a fun little idea. Thank you for listening to a little bit of an outside-the-box lockdown Indians. I've been your host, Jeff Ellis. I want to thank you again for listening to us first thing every morning. Go check out uh, Sully's podcast, uh, podcast, the MLB flagship. Uh, remember to rate and review, download daily. That really helps our little show grow. I, hey, we're number three in China. Let, let's just be happy with that, I guess. But let's try to break that top one. Let's try to be number three in America. Come on. I uh, need all of you listeners out there to help out. And that's leaving a review, downloading daily. Uh, even if you can't listen, just click play. Let it play in the background. That helps the show. All of that helps. Those are small things you can do. Follow me on Twitter at Draft. Check out my mock draft over at mlbdraftnow.blogspot.com. And go, go, Guardians, go.